welcome to the Deep Intimate King podcast, also known as The Dig. This is a special podcast series for growth-driven men who desire to be the solid leaders and powerful lovers that they were born to be. If you've been wanting to experience deeper intimacy and fuller freedom of expression, then this podcast series is designed especially for you. So get ready to unleash your dick on the world. So welcome to episode three of the Dick Podcast. So this episode, we are diving deeper into the role of the nice guy and how this impacts relationships with women and particularly speaking to Bear's experience um, in the relationship and also about our journey, something that happened at the start of our relationship that really was make or break. And if Bear hadn't really been able to face conflict in the way that he did, I would say that we wouldn't actually be here right now being able to have this conversation. 100% EJ and um, hey guys, how are you? And uh, welcome to this podcast. You know, EJ said just then if Bear hadn't been able to face up to the conflict that um, was in front of us or me, um, yeah, true, but I didn't actually, before that, a week before that actually, um, I didn't. And, and this podcast is going to be about what did Bear do and step into his fears to actually get to a place where I could save, save myself. And mm. this was not about doing it for another person or for my partner this was about standing up for me um as a man and what i believed what i didn't even know about and Mm. it all sort of started from childhood so that's what this is going to be about um part of the stuff in this podcast and it's really powerful and yeah it did save our relationship Mm. and um yeah it was a really big light bulb for me um moving forward and it has been since then so yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. When this th- when this happened, I, I said to Bea, I said, babe, I think this is going to be one of those things that we look back on. It's going to be one of the biggest stories that's actually going to help other couples and other other men and women. So, yeah. Yeah, we had a bit of a laugh, <laughs> bit of a giggle. And, it has been, yeah. Um, but in the, in the moment, it was fucking hectic and scary for me. Yeah. And um, yeah. I didn't know where I was going to go and, and had to face the dragons and the in the cave uh, to say and um, and what am I going to do about it so um, we're going to share um, what, what what that was like for me yeah and then I'll also share the impact that seeing Bear show up in the way that he did the impact that it had on me and my body and the level of safety I was able to feel because of the way that he showed up and then how that actually made me really soften and open and um, create more desire and um, yeah desire to be intimate so yeah yeah which is really exciting because I was shut down there for a while so I think this is this is really such a big piece for me as a woman to share because I see so many women other women struggling with this and questioning their attraction and desire Uh, but yet what's actually going on is the man is in a nice guy and she her the polarity is being flipped so she doesn't feel safety or, or trust yeah yeah and the thing is babe no one knows at the time what's really going on if we don't know about the nice guy if the nice guy doesn't know the nice guy traits out there and how he's living his life and where it come from and the wife doesn't know about it as well um and don't, doesn't have an awareness these polarities start to happen and like what you've mm-hmm. just talked about um disconnection starts to happen um um, less of this, less of that, and it's because of all these little behaviours that start to roll in, right? Mm-hmm. We're lucky. We we talk about it, we teach it, we live it, we've been through it, we go through it as well in times, and we get back on the bike straight away. And because we have the skills, right? And this is mm-hmm. what we teach people. But I'm um, just talking about the people who have no idea and they feel that their life is over, their relationship is over, but it's not. It's mm-hmm. really not. Um, so... These podcasts are about getting out to, to, to men to just go, well, yeah, I get that. What can I do now, uh, uh, potentially? And, um, yeah, there's a lot of women out there that are, that, um, are onto it. And how do, I, how do I share this with my partner 
instead of my partner going, there's nothing wrong with me. What do you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I do. I do know that women are yeah. um, they're onto it. And um, how do how do women express to their partners and communicate to their partners that um, hey, let's uh, let's do some work together yeah. or whatever it looks <laughs> yeah. like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's the thing is that I. <laughs> I have a lot of women, well, we have a lot of women reach out to us that, that want their partners to come and do, to work with us. And what we find is that what will happen is that they will, will do a video or something and they'll share that with their partner. And it's a great way to introduce them to this. And when I've shared this story before, I've actually had women reach out to me and say that they have shared it with their partner and stuff just really landed for them. So, you know, obviously listen to this episode and if you are a partner um, of a nice guy, this is this would be a great one to, to share if it really resonates for you. As well as episode two, the last one that we did, if you haven't listened to that, I would recommend to go back and listen to it. Uh, it doesn't matter if you do it before or after, but it's going to give you some greater understanding around uh, some of the qualities of the nice guy and how the nice guy role was actually formed, mm. like how it's created from in childhood and give that deeper understanding. Yeah, yeah it's re- and it's really good how you've um, organised these um, podcasts, EJ, <laughs> one, two, three, four. You know, it's really good to um, carry on and because they all kind of integra- integrate to each other, but it doesn't really matter. You can watch, do five and go back to two, and mm-hmm. but they all have some kind of um, connection and uh, that's for yes. a reason. And um, it's about integration. So when I, as a person, start to do something at the start and I slowly integrate all those parts and then s- things happen to me, like special things. And um, all of a sudden, wow, I get a light bulb here and I get a light bulb there and I get an awareness here and things start to change. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, so babe, let's talk about you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and EJ's got a, um, her foot on top of my um, leg at the moment. I'm just I massaging do. it because that's, yes. <laughs> that's her little sneaky way to get her foot massaged, and she loves it, right? Yeah, yeah. I love foot massage. Unfortunately, <laughs> you're, you're really good at foot massage, and I love receiving yeah, it. Yeah, I love yeah. how your feet just magically appear where my hands are <laughs> whenever you get a chance. So that's what's going on in the background here, but let's get down yeah. to business. I'm getting a foot massage. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's not a nice it's not guy a nice thing. guy thing <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> I said, oh god um, um yes no so this is a mutual mutual desire <clears throat> so um, um and he's not he doesn't have a covert contract <laughs> yeah. knowing that if he <laughs> and I'll, I'll just get rid of this leg when i feel like it i'll just put it on the floor <laughs> all right so let's get okay. to business yes What's so yeah where i where i'd love to start is with you babe is is looking at like past relationship and how the nice guy played out for you in past relationship. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so uh, my past relationship was um, it was a marriage and uh, 25 years. And so without going, another podcast is my, my past and, um, and it's about getting into the, um, creating nice guy traits started to get created um, from birth and pre- uh, predominantly um, it was all about how how I, d- how I didn't see that I was getting love as a child and uh, certain factors in a, in, in a man's life, in my life, if I talk about me, um, my father leaving at a certain age, um, my mum marrying another guy that was uh, beating her up, uh, my father alcoholic. So all, there's all these little stages in my life that I chose to decide as a child that Oh, men don't love me. That was my piece around my dad doesn't love me. The, the guy that my mum married, he bashed her, so he didn't talk to me, So he, and he didn't love me, and men, this is what men do. And somewhere along the line, I decided, shit, um, I don't want to be like one of those guys, and I definitely don't get love from men. And so therefore I don't trust men. So I don't trust myself. Um, So what I was really good at was manipulating women to love me. And then this is not about a sexual thing. This is about getting, being validated by, by 
anyone who would validate me and I would feel safer with the opposite sex because I could, um, I could, it was easy for me to talk to them and um, to say the right things to get them to like me and that made me feel loved and um, accepted. As I got older, um, I was great with men as well, don't get me wrong, but as I got older um, and I would steer away from men and feel it would be like they, they would know my tricks, they, they would see into me. And so what my tricks, if we start to talk into the nice guy, the traits of um, my last relationship um, was one of, one, of, one of the decades there, the first decade was um, um, drug abuse. And without going into that, um, it was the source of it was um, to, fill, to fill a void in my soul, to fill a void in my, that wasn't giving me love, I wasn't getting love. And um, that's what I was using to, to feel loved. And also um, nice guy traits, manip manipulating others to like me, predominantly females. And then um, in that stage, I didn't trust men, I didn't trust myself. So I couldn't trust myself actually not to keep taking the drugs and to keep filling the hole and to keep loving myself. So I started to do men's work um, 20 years ago and that just started to uh, crack me open and um, allow me to start feeling, having feelings. Yeah, can we take a step back because I think it's a really important piece of like how you started men's work what happened for you like because yep. there was a, like a really right. big moment like a like this is a make or break moment yeah. in your life and a lot of that was because mm. your nice guy had been deceitful and yep. and hiding mm. the the drug addiction from from your wife yeah so i remember it right now <laughs> yeah you know and, and i have no sh this is great thank you um so there's so much stuff that has gone on and um um for me to sit here and start, uh, my mind can go to many places. So um, right now, what happened was I was using, um, and, and my, dr my drug of choice was actually self-medicating myself um, with um, speed. And I was home one day by myself, and, and my kids were little, so seven or eight years old. And they were at school, and nobody was home, and I must have finished work early and my wife wasn't home and um, might have been two o'clock or one o'clock and I had some speed in the t in the bathroom and I left the bag on the on the sink and I forgot about it and the bag was sitting there on the sink a little bag and in my mind I just walked off and um, my wife got home before the kids and she's seen it and she flushed it down the toilet and said, and come out and you can imagine and um, what's going on. The kids could have come in and, you know, seen it and taken it and whatever and, and all these things. And that was it in her mind. And a week later, we didn't speak about it. And a week later, um, she gave me a, 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 one way to go, one way or the other. And it was, you're gonna, I've, I've met this guy and you're going to, he does men's work whatever that was to me, I didn't know what the hell men's work was. Um, I thought it was on a work site with a jackhammer. And it definitely wasn't construction work. It's construction work of another kind, right? <laughs> it's of our friggin' hearts. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So my heart was surrounded in concrete and it definitely needed a fucking jackhammer. <laughs> so yeah, that's great. Um, so it was called the man in the park and we've done a we've done a letter about that and a, um, a talk we'll do a talk about that one day and the man in the park um it's still a beautiful friend of mine and um he she said i want you to meet him and i want you to listen to him and and i was reluctant and i just went Fuck, i, I, I got to do something and i'm gonna do it you know and my nice guy even then was just doing it for her because I stuffed up with that thing. I want to make it. I thought I could even make it disappear. Like, oh, if I do meet the guy in the park, she's going to forget about the speed in there. And and remember, guys, I've been lying. I was lying for years about little things. All a, a lies are not a, a lies a lie, right? So, 
um, there's the nice guy trait that would say, oh, it's just a little lie. Oh, it's only a, a white lie. No one's going to know. Oh, it's okay. I just want, okay, no. No one will know. So I live my life like that, getting through life to make my life smoother and so that people um, wouldn't not like me. So the little lies used to come off really easy. So anyway, I meet this man in the park, drive to this park in Burley here on the Gold Coast, and there's this guy, um, um, Cliff is his name, and um, he is standing there, and he's American, and he had the loud voice, and I'm like, oh, God, judging straight away, like, oh, some, and, um, some preacher, American, like, hey, man. Oh, I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> I just... <laughs> So we sat in the park, right, and he's just talking to me, and you know, he just let me. He was really quiet, and he allowed me to speak. And and uh, by the end of the conversation, I felt heard, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to get, get shut down all the time, and um, and therefore I, I wasn't used to expressing my feelings. And this guy, a stranger, just made allowed me to kind of just share how I felt, and I didn't even know how I felt, but it was okay. I could actually do it without feeling judged. And so he offered, a, there was this um, training called the New, New Warrior Training in Mankind Project. About three weeks later, it was a thousand bucks. We didn't have a thousand bucks. We'd just, you know, we, we, bought, we just had a house and paying all the bills, two little kids. Um, um, I was working, she wasn't. So, you know, a thousand bucks then to throw on a personal development course like me, there's no way I, I, I could fathom that. So I wasn't in the, and I was one of those men out there that well, there's no way I've ever spent money on myself without seeing something for it. Like if I'm going to spend a thousand, I want to see a kite um, or a motorbike or a, a new couch, um, not something that I can't see. Like, hey, buddy, we'll make you be able to feel feelings and <laughs> and cry and you know and uh, would it climb a tree? <laughs> it's not what we do. We don't. You can climb a tree if you want, but. You know, um, that is a thousand bucks, mate. I don't even want, I, I take drugs not to feel. And you want a thousand dollars so you can make me feel pain? No, thank you, right? I get that. It's like, who, who wants to do that? But far out. Um, so anyway, I don't know where we got the money from. Borrowed it. And, um, <clears throat> and then I went two, two weeks later. Man, bam, I was up there. The ultimatum was if I didn't do it, she was going to move back to Perth with the kids, and that was it. And um, so, luckily, I had enough sense in my um, brain uh, to nice guy conditioned brain to go and face and do the thing because I wanted deep down I wanted something better for myself, mm. and I didn't know what it was, but I fucking I knew it must have been better than this. And so I went up to the mountain and. Um, did this did this work for two days two three days and I came down off the mountain changed and don't worry it took me years after that to keep going back to stay I went to men's group after that every Wednesday night for years and years and years and years and um, I just started to integrate and this is not a quick fix thing men for me um, or other men that I see but um, what what I do see is the men that do do the work they return and they they come to the programs they come to their own men's groups and they integrate and um the biggest medicine for a man is another man it's like epic and look at my medicine was i fucking hate men i don't trust men and that was what i lived with and believed and now my medicine is men right it's like it's freaking incredible how the opposites of um something that is not good for us is the opposite and um it's like the yin and yang. It's like the everything that's opposite. It's so perfect. So polarities, you know, you'll hear EJ talk about polarity in a relationship. There you go, same thing. You know, we've got the, we've got all these archetypes, the dark nights, the innocent pages, you know, um, when they're all, all playing well together, we have this beautiful scented king and we call it the dick. <laughs> and um, I'm just looking at a picture on the wall. It's got Dick on it. It's a painting that EJ did. She's an artist, and um, <laughs> uh, we're, we're, yeah, an artist, yeah. I'm looking at myself. And you know, the Deep Inner King, and that's what that's the work. Um, and 
when um, we sit in that space as men, we can really um, just honor those parts of ourselves and show up. Mm. You know, not for anyone else, just show up for ourselves to start with, and the other stuff will happen. And what I, what I want to just finish on, babe, is um, for a minute is um, when those things happen, I start to fill my cup, my cup gets full. And then when I live my life from having a full cup, as I keep rolling with all the things that I believe in that I do, my values, my beliefs, my cup overflows. And that overflow is the love that everyone else gets. And that's really beautiful because my cup is always full. Um, and, you know, I always used to run with a half a cup. And I always used to struggle to fill it. Then I thought that was it. But I know that it's not. It must be full all the, to- all the time. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. Thanks for sharing all of that, babe. Um, what I really get about what you shared is that doing the men's work, having that, like making that decision and, and to be different and to face your fears in that moment was the start, really the start of like releasing the nice guy, essentially. It's like being able to like feel your feelings yeah and um eventually healing drug addiction yeah and what is what i'm curious about is what then happened in your relationship because what i know from you is you you got really committed to growth and yeah i'd be curious to know what what then happened in your relationship and then obviously the then you know the really the essentially years later the the ending of the relationship yeah yeah so this gets back to um um men if a man does the work in the relationship it's really great if um, a woman does it or vice versa normally women start to do it and men start to fall back or they they go they, they stay not fall back they stay on their journey but a woman's journey is going in another way and they just want to go together right so they have a conversation and and it's great if both parties start to do stuff together for themselves and they and they carry on in the same direction mm-hmm. yes so look for years I, i've i've done the work and i've gone back and i've gone forward and i've gone back and i've gone forward but i've continued to do the thing do the work um go to the men's groups do the things that are uncomfortable and um, as years went on and tw- towards the end of the relationship, um, I was the one that, that um, ended it. And, and that's really powerful for someone like me because I put my, as a nice guy, I put my um, partner on a pedestal, high pedestal. And really, I dug the deepest grave for her in the backyard as well. You know, when, when, I, put, when I put someone on a pedestal, I dig a grave in the backyard for them. And that's predominantly what I, I'm doing, yeah, the right? Pedestal to the pit. Because pedestal, pedestal to the pit. Yeah, because I have I hold resentment, yeah. but I don't know. But I I, I realize I'm, that's what I'm doing. So it's like, oh, you can't do anything wrong. Oh yes, darling. Yes. Oh yes, yes, yes. And no, no, no. Deep down. Yeah. Um. So really, I just started to create this. Um. You know, new diff, uh, the friends and men's groups, and um. I always thought that because I pedestaled her that okay, I've, I've got to do the work. I'm doing the work. I'm catch, trying to catch up with her. She will be happy if I do, if I change, if I do. And I wasn't aware, but yeah, I was changing. And um, and I didn't realize until I got one day, I was like, everything I started to say over the years towards the end was, I couldn't get anything right. I couldn't do anything right. Mm. Uh, couldn't do anything right. It's like, da-da-da. It's like, oh, really? Oh. And then in my man mind, I would say, I would think, Oh, what do you mean? Like, I thought that uh, I, I don't understand it. Like, how I can't that wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough. That wasn't uh, okay. I'll have to restructure myself now. Um, uh, or she wouldn't like my friends or our friends, you know. So, all these little changes came in. I realized that I'm you're not changing, um, and I'm changing. And what I have to say, this is a big piece for me, man, is that. What I used, what I would think, and before it came out of my mouth, I would have to really think about what I was going to say, because it would impact on her, 
um, judgments. And um, I remember one time I was like, I had two things to say. One of it was to, hey, babe, you want to go to a um, barbecue at so-and-so's house? This is in my mind before I was saying it. And the other one was, um, oh, what was it? Do you want to go to somewhere else and do something? And I thought of all those things before I was about to go, hey. And I said nothing because I knew, ah, oh, she doesn't like that person because she said something and it's like this, that. So I had yeah. to kind of, and that's when I realized it's like I'm losing my self-expression mm. and um, the nice guy, that's, there's a piece there. You know, I could have talked about it and asked for what, it, what I wanted. Mm. And these are the skills that I didn't have. So that's a prime example of me assuming what she's going to say and um, not saying it and keeping it inside, right? So I'm repressing all of my feelings again as a nice guy, right? Yeah. This has nothing to do with her. You know, it's not blaming my wife on anything. It's about these are the, the nice guy traits that are holding inside and, and just just sticking getting sticky and black um but um yeah towards the end it, it was really easy to to end it because i realized like hey we're not right for each other and um i said it with a smile and really i owned it and i was like wow i love you you know we've been together 25 years but wow i get it's over we, we don't it doesn't work and yeah so there was no fear in that uh, I would never have said that in a, in a million years, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah, I was really it was really beautiful to do the work to get to the place to end a relationship. One yeah. of the prominent things about a nice guy is he can't end a relationship. Yeah. Bad ending. So bad, bad ending you know, relationship. Oh, yeah. and I ended it really beautifully. And um, for me, it was beautiful because I was really empowered to do it in a really healthy, safe way that you know. I, I did it with love and um, honouring of spending 25 years with a, with a person and having two children, and but owning it that, wow, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do after this. And, um, but we're going to be, well, yeah, it's, that's it. You know, I'm not responsible for you and you're not responsible for me. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, what I, thanks for sharing it. Oh, it's so great to, to you know, really hear that and hear from that place of you taking ownership for your part mm. and taking that like yeah I was a nice guy and I you know and I lied and I had this addiction and I was deceitful and um yeah all those pieces of of yeah even the piece of like you know I did the work and I fell back a bit and then I jumped mm. in and I fell back a bit and then you know but you stay committed to doing the work and um what I also from just reflecting on what you shared is that you st you were still noticing that you had to be the nice guy to not upset your partner like you couldn't be free to express yourself what you really wanted because you were afraid that it would upset her right so you had to have walk on eggshells and then yeah. when <laughs> you did try to do things it was like oh never enough like i can never get it right um, nothing I do is ever enough. And actually, this is one of the number one things that I have heard from men. They will come to me and they'll say, oh, it's like nothing I ever do is enough for her to make her happy. And what I get and from the conversations you and I have had, babe, is that there was still resentment in the space from when, you know, you were lying and, and, and going through that. And that resentment was still creating this disconnect in the, in the relationship where you were still putting you know having tr still trying to please your partner it's like you're still trying to make up for it yeah and still trying to prove that you were a healthy man or a safe man and that she could trust you but because yep. trust had been broken many years ago and had never been repaired from both mm -hmm. parties like so what i have heard from you is that you you know tried to repair it and then there was just things that happened that um, just you d could never be really worked through fully, right? Because it, it's hard. Once trust is broken, um, it's one of the key factors to, you know, safety, especially for a woman. Um, but both people have to be doing the work, yeah? Because if I'm to, um, for example, if I'm to, if my partner breaks trust and I feel hurt about that, then I need to go and work on, like, healing that 
you know, if I can see that my partner is then, you know, showing up and doing what, whatever he can do to try and repair that trust and taking ownership and self-responsibility, um, I need to go and also work on, okay, uh, this is, I'm not feeling safe, like, let me heal this wounding around trust, which for me was basically my whole life. Like I had, um, I actually had dated, also dated nice guys in the past as well as being with um, and being in toxic, like abusive relationships. So I had experienced both. And, but they had a lot of wound wounding around trust from past relationships that kept coming up in the, those relationships. So my work was to go and do that. So, because one of the things that I see, and it just goes both ways, is like one person is doing the work on a relationship and, and working on themselves and then the other person isn't, and then their stuff will keep coming up and then putting that person kind of back in the same position. Like, they'll be like, oh, like, I'm doing the work, and then the other person, like, is projecting or getting triggered about things that, and the other person's trying to do the best that they can to try and grow. And and, and so, yeah, that's just something, the thing that we have to be aware of is that when in a relationship that, like this is what I say to people and they say, oh, you know, do I stay in my relationship? I, and I'll say, are you both willing to do the work? Because it's, mm. if you're both willing to do the work, there is an opportunity for your relationship to work out. So good. If you've got one person that is not willing to do the work, I'm going to say it's going to be very difficult for for you. Yeah. And yeah. what I love to say, if we go to before that, babe, mm-hmm. to two people when they're struggling and they think it's over, I say, Hey, mister, do you love her? Mm. Hey, missus, do you love him? And most of the time, it's a straight away, it's a yes. Mm. <sighs> There's the piece. If that is there, let's take the next step. And are you willing to choose Goose. love over fear? <sighs> Got goosebumps from yeah. that. You know, it's so yeah. true. You do, babe. Wow, you've totally got big gooseies. And he's got no shirt on and I'm touching his body. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, and I'm about that. Teary too. Oh, yeah, because, you know, I really feel, um, feel that um, couples out there um, that struggle, they, they feel lost and they, they, they want it to work. Um, but there's all these crappy things that we're talking about today mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. are blocking what can be predominantly the most beautiful experience for years in their life is um, with that person and if we can't get over those similar those simple hurdles like what we're talking about today these behaviors then um, we might not have that and then we move on to someone else and we unload the same bag of shit on them right and then I'm that was, that was in 30 years and now I'm 50 I'm still in the same bag of shit but it's bigger because I didn't look at it when I was 30 there's a possibility there for people so yeah. that's why I got goosebumps. I get goosies because yeah. I really feel for for couples when they yeah. actually love each other, but they don't know how to step over that f- next hurdle. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And the piece is is that the main the main reason that people won't do the work is because there's some kind of fear there. Yeah. So go back to episode one. <laughs> Listen to that because oh. I talk about that in the first episode. You know, I lo- uh, yeah. Babe, fear is a killer, and fear is the savior. You know, without mm. fear, healthy fear. I love healthy fear. It's that, it's that excitement. It's that, yeah. whoa, we're going to do it, right? Or it's that fear that shuts me down and, like, puts me in a cave. Um, yeah. So fear is epic. So there we go again. Um, the opposites of, one, of one, one piece, fear. Mm. Great. And death. Life and death. Fear. Mm. You know? Yeah. yeah. And this really leads into our experience, babe, because... What, what happened in our experience of Bear um, basically facing off with his nice guy, like another layer of it, right, um, is that he faced big fear that had been ruling his life. And so when I saw that, I was like, wow, like I felt so safe when I saw a man willing to face his fear. Like that makes me feel safe as a woman. If he's willing to face his fear and like show up, I'm like, oh, that makes me feel, oh relief safe trust and when he just shows up and commits and does the thing in the face of fear like that is like yeah yeah it just makes me feel really safe and um soft and uh, so that's so that's the piece we're talking about right yeah that is the 
Yes. Yeah. So. Oh, I keep hitting this thing. Uh, the fear of conflict. Just touching my leg and knocking. The fear. So yes. <laughs> so the fear of I've still got. That's right, guys. I've still got this leg on my so bloody. I might, um, swap, I might have to swap legs over. Um, so the fear of conflict <laughs> and what it was like in our relationship and um, how it, uh, it nearly ended the um, that time at that time. Um, so where do we start? Yeah, well, we'll just start with st- what happened. We'll tell you guys what happened. So without going into too much detail, um, there was a scenario with one of Beer's friends who's no longer a friend, let's just say. Um, and this this friend is not someone... Um, who's into doing the work or can, could necessarily have um, conversations with self-responsibility. It was an old friend that Ben had for a long, long time. And um, there was an incident where this friend projected some stuff onto me and was being controlling, essentially. And um, and he was really just in his own fear, right? His own fear. And it was around the time of COVID and he had just hit and he was in some financial stress. And it was really that, that stress was projected onto me. And so what happened for me is that because it was Bear's friend, like I had an expectation that Bear would really stand up to him and say that, you know, what he's doing is not okay, that... Um, yeah, the, the behavior and the way he was training me was not acceptable. And when Bear didn't do that, like something happened for me and I didn't even realize it at the time because it wasn't really obvious. Like I didn't, there was this part of me that didn't, I didn't even realize that I had the expectation until a couple of months later when my, when I realized that things had shifted in our polarity in our relationship. <coughs> so what had happened is I was dealing with this scenario with, um, this man and and it caused me a lot of stress and in my body and I my body shut down and I basically didn't feel safe right and I felt like I just had to protect myself like I have to protect myself I have to keep myself safe and I had to go into my masculine yeah because I and I made a decision unconsciously that I would have to be um, the person in the relationship that stands up and that protects us Right, because my partner is, is, is not doing that. That's the decision that I made that I didn't know that I made. But what started to happen happen externally, like on the surface, is that I started to notice myself getting really frustrated with beer over little things. Like stuff started to annoy me and irritate me. And I didn't want to be intimate. I didn't have any desire. I was just finding myself not being as, as attracted to him. And because essentially I didn't feel safe yeah in my mind I'd really like by not having that support I had made it mean that I like that I'm not really that safe with him because he's not got my back right and when when shit happens and I'm not protected essentially like I don't have the protection of my man and so all this stuff externally started to happen and um, I was like getting curious about why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling like frustrated, like annoyed? Like I just oh, don't, I just need to have my space and not wanting to be intimate and all of this. And so, and on top of that, because I work in the field of intimacy, I started to be really hard on myself. And like literally I would wake up thinking about this. I would go to bed thinking about it. And I experienced the biggest thing that I experienced was doubt this feeling of doubt about our relationship and questioning all the time, is he the right man for me? Yeah, that's what I was experiencing. And I remember you said that, babe, I have doubt about this relationship, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah those. And I felt this these feelings, oh, like it was tough. Like I'm like waking up and then thinking, of, with this man in the bed next to me, thinking about like questioning, is he, is he, is he right? Like, I don't know, like, and and feeling so off and so I went away for a weekend to clear my head I went away and so I could get clarity on what was going on and while I was away it came to me and I realized that this was all linked back to this that's the scenario with his friend who like where um what I would say is that Bear kind of just left it up to me like he's like oh you know that's kind of it's shit that it's happening and you know he could be really empathetic and he's like oh you know this is 
I get that this is really hard and it's not fair and he's you know he's not doing the right thing but what I really wanted was to him to go and talk to his friend and go hey mate this is not okay you can't talk to her like that um so you know even though I was giving this empathy and like he's holding space for me and I'm like you know talking about like how much it's stressing me out and he's like there and he's present <laughs> just like and he's thinking like this is what he yeah. needs to do right be present and listen and mm. like but this is just like i, I couldn't yeah. figure it out and i knew something <laughs> was wrong and but i was like wow what's wrong like it's what's wrong with her like why is she so shouldn't she be better now and oh is she gonna be over and so at the end of the day i um, we'll go into it in a minute it was about you know this friend of mine um is my worry was my realization was oh how can i face up to him he might not like me anymore yeah. i might i might there might be someone in you know in my life that um, i'm friends with that he's not going to like me mm-hmm. that's how powerful um that that behavior that i built as in my life of the nice guy to make sure that people like me mm-hmm. and especially if it was a friend that i had for years um uh Oh my God! Some, I'm gonna die. Um, imagine if that person didn't like me. Yeah. So th- this was I didn't know that at the time, and but I didn't want to face it to believe it to even um, run it by. I'd rather avoid it. Um, but I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah. I didn't know. And you thought you were doing the right thing by just holding space for me, right, and being present and listening to what was what was going on. Yeah. And. And I didn't, I didn't know exactly what I needed either because I didn't realize it until my body is shut down, basically. Like my body, and this is how, how amazing our bodies are. But it's like for a woman, if if she doesn't feel safe, her body will shut down, and her pussy will shut down, mm. her heart will shut down, and she she won't want to be feel, she won't have that same desire to be intimate. And so, when I came back from that, those that weekend away I came back and I real I had that realization and and I sat down with Bear and I shared and expressed my vulnerability and it didn't come from from a place of like you need to go and talk to him because I don't feel safe it wasn't like a a demand or an expectation it wasn't like you 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 need to go do this because this is fucking up our relationship it didn't come from that space it came from a space of me being really vulnerable and sharing like my my sadness and my my mm. my doubt and all the impacts that really like I was like hey babe can I share with you some vulnerability and the impact that I realized that this this scenario has had on me and I came with that vulnerability first yeah so so that he could really receive me in that and feel me in that yep. and then I said to him yep. yeah and, and take it take it in a way that that softness um, when a person comes with softness, that allows the other person automatically reacts with the softness, and so I was able to, without her telling me or putting her what I thought could have been her shit on me, um, I would have um, reacted more of a reaction, a defensive. Mm-hmm. But because she came with her heart and and really how she felt and softness, I was able to um, come from that place and, and uh, from that understanding of mm-hmm. like her point of view, and then look at myself mm. it's like wait a minute there what's going on and this is the work this is the, the tools i had that thing again this is the tools that i i really honor myself as for for gaining over the years is that ah oh, fuck bear there's something else to do now <laughs> oh i can feel it in my bones oh. so she's she's just done her work over the last few weeks like going through this process she went away she did the work you know she knows what to do and her body's affected her pussy's affected her whole thing about this guy that she thinks she loves but fuck is this going to be the guy Uh, uh, he's worth going away and trying to work it out but it might not he might not be the guy fuck what if he Mm. isn't okay i've got to find out and move on because she's not going to hang around for for in case something happens and so with that all in play and she comes to me softly i hear her then and then straight away it's not about her it was like she went it was like oh fuck in my mind i went fuck i've got to do something oh my god and what really came to me then was like all of my past 
I was probably 47 then, I think. Um, all of my past went reflected and I was like, well, this is what's been happening most of my life. And if I don't change it now, not because of this woman in my life that I love, my life w won't change. And I'll have this problem that's been running my life, all my life. What, what can we do about it? So I also came to be with curiosity rather than, you know, like an accusation of, you know, telling him that he's not, you know, doing enough, that he needs to step up, like none of that. It was like, so I'm curious, like, as to what would stop you from being able to, to set up, you know. And then that's where we really got to dig in and see, oh, okay, this is the stuff from childhood. And as Bez mentioned before, he had every day he would, um, as a child, he would see his mum being beaten by... Um, by his stepfather and it's kind of a similar scenario his friend is you know being like harassed like harassing me to some degree and 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 then I'm you know I'm like kind of like his mum right whereas it's the same kind of scenario and Bear's like the little goes into the little boy because it's just this childhood experience repeating itself yeah. and it's a feeling yeah. of freezing so yeah. in the, the fear of, in the face of conflict, I freeze and I don't want to face it. And I used to have dreams um, about freezing. So it, when a monster would come into my dream and I had to defend myself or, or other people in the village, there was always a village, love villages, tribes. Anyway, this, <laughs> this, um, this monster would come through the forest and, um, okay, and I'm like, I've got these knives and swords and shit. And I'm like, fuck, oh, yeah. When it gets close to me, I'm like, oh, I freeze. And I try to, um, or even if I'm in a fight with a kid in my dream and I go to, I go to like defend myself, I, I literally, my arms go to lead and I can't lift them. Mm. And I can't lift the sword. I can't do this. And, and that, that there is my childhood of, not, um, of conflict. Mm. Um, I, I struggled. And then you know, that dream went away. But um, that was the piece around freezing. And yeah. so I got to push through that and um, face um, face the conflict. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, that's huge, babe. Like, Massive. Like to think that that scenario is really like it's being it's, it's that same wound as it's that coming up mm. again, and it's your opportunity to face it or to stay where you were. And one of the things that I loved that you said it was really romantic, actually, was and and as you said to me. Um, that you wanted to do, that you were going to do the work on it because if it didn't, if you didn't do it now, it would just come up in the next relationship, but that you wanted to do it with me, like that you're choosing to do it with me. And I was like, oh, you must really love me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so, yeah, and what yeah. happened, and this is, this is something else that really like lit me up, was seeing Bear just show up and do the work. And I don't mean he did it a few weeks later. Like, he did it within 24 yeah, hours. 24 hours. Uh, action uh, man. I was like, Bam. Oh, action man. You know what? Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm known for that. But I, I was like, fuck this. And part of my nice guy was like, oh, do it in three days. Like, oh, what if, I'll just, like, think about it. Like, fuck you, motherfucker. I spoke to those parts of me. I was like, no, nah, fuck you. And I went, I rang my mate. I was like, I'm coming around. I'm going to, oh, I need to talk to you. And I need to, I need you to abuse me and and we did this we did these um, um the process, a process yes. and uh, aspecting i could we could say this is a right? different way this is one of his mates yeah. from men's work yeah um, yeah to help him support him with that. and yeah. and um yeah. we had we, i told him what was going on i said i'm facing my conflict i'm going to come in and i want and you know from love and i want you to just abuse me in different ways and he's like okay cool and we did it and we did scenarios and so i got a practice run out of it like eight different ways and i felt good i was like go do it again nail me call me a this that like go to like because this um my mate my friend um that i'm doing it with uh, sorry um that i was facing the conflict with he he comes from a place of conflict and it's easy it's like water off a duck's back so you know um we're all different men out there and and it's easy for him and it's not it's not the same as for me so I realized that when I went, went there and did it, I learned that this guy's, this is just normal for him, like communicating his conflicts, like a bully at school or, or what have you. So this is the friend? No, this is um, on the farm. 
The friend yeah. that was causing the problem. Yeah, that's yeah, right. right. So let's so get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how he yeah. is. So conflict so is easy for him. Yeah. So his familiar yeah. is conflict, right? So conflict yeah. is safety. Yeah. For the guy you were having yeah. a problem with. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, my mate, um, and, and my mate Brooke, I'll, I'll say Brooke, Brooke's um, in, in the field of work and, you know, we're facilitators yeah. Not together. the one that was causing the problems. No. Um, <laughs> Brooke's, the, Brooke's one yeah. of the amazing men from yeah. um, Brooke Lucas, Project. and yeah. we, we facilitate yeah. in this um, field of men and, um, yeah, he's beautiful. Um, so I said, Brooke, I'm coming over. He said, yeah, great. We did some scenarios. Brooke's like pointing fingers at me. You know, you've, you've this and that. And I'm like... Breathing it in. Yeah, so we're doing um, all that, all those uh, different versions um, of how things may work out and may turn out um, at Brooke's place. Um, that afternoon, on the way home, I rang, um, I rang the farm where we were staying and we booked in a time and I said, um, I'll be home at four, say four o'clock that afternoon and I want to talk to you. And that part of me was like, normally I'd be freaking out. I was quite empowered actually because um, I felt I had these tools to um, go into a battle and um, deal with whatever was going to be thrown at me and breathe it in and, and be okay. And um, I imagine that was, that was I ha had some kind of homework um, done around it. Whereas in the past, I had no idea. I just assumed that I would die mm. and that, you know, I would freeze. Mm. Because in my dreams as a child, I, I would freeze and I couldn't defend myself. You know, watching my mum get um, the fear of him coming home because her dinner was not hot enough because it's been in the oven and dry for hours all night and knowing that she's going to get a beating for it. Um, I would take on her fear and in my bed as a little boy and shut down and um, because I couldn't protect her. I was too little. So all these things. So I got home that day and um, the guy lives on a farm in the house next door and... Um, He's out there ready, waiting. He's like, I'm ready. And um, I said, I'll be there in a minute. And I did some little, I did some little work um, around my little boy. Did some work and I, I, I prepped him up in my inside because this work was around my little boy predominantly being scared. And I said, I, I closed my, my eyes and I made up, a, um, made up that my body was a transformer machine, like five stories tall. And I said to him, are you ready to play and go play in the big boy seat and witness what it is like for a man to communicate from love and um, responsibility? And my little boy went, yeah. And so for the first time, I let, I imagined, I let him get up into the ladder, you know, like that, that movie, uh, The Transformers, and they go into the head. And um, well, it's not Transformers, it's another movie that's epic. And uh, there's two of them out there. And so the humans get into the head of the robot and they can um, you know, move the robot with his own controls. So my little boy got into my head and he, and he was able to play with the big controls and he moved my body and I was like strong. And the little boy was like happy because he was, we were integrated, right? So we integrated each other. I said, I told him the framework of what's about to happen. We're going to go and have an adult conversation. We're gonna witness uh, what it is like to you know to be responsible, take um, be responsible for our actions and and come from love and 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 all these things that I didn't even know what was going to happen. So with that, I walked out and we had a conversation. Walked up to um, to my friend and we had a conversation and yeah, sure, it got a bit heated and I basically I just said what I felt and I said, look, I it's not I don't believe it's right what. Um, what you said to my partner and about this and that um, she will come here and, and stuff like that and there were things about her staying on the land and but and so I said she will be here and she will do this and if you're not happy with that then that's fine um, and he said well I'm not happy and he said and I don't like it don't like her whatever it was and I'm like okay but anyway that's it then that's it. And then we shook hands. And that was it. And I, and I walked off. And I was like, holy crap. I wanted to do one of those jumps that you click your feet. And, but I left clean because in the past, I could have started a conversation like that, but I would have walked away with the other person having all of his agreements met. Mm. And me like walking away, instead of jumping, with a tail between my legs, feeling like I wasn't heard. 
And in that moment, I was heard because I actually said what I wanted to say, and I've never done that before because of the fear of conflict, right? And at the end of the day, it was nothing for him. It was like just what he does. And it was like, oh. and I'm thinking, oh, I spent my whole life, like half a lifetime working that to get there. But it was, it was all about me that moment. It was about me. So uh, that was really good. Um, it was just a great learning. Yeah, and, and the cool thing is, babe, is that since you've done that, and this is such a big piece for you, um, this is such a big piece of what you teach men now. Right, yeah. like this has been like a huge part of it. Of is that you needed to get that piece mm. to even, you know, really stand in your power as a, as an as in you know yeah. the next level of your men's work. Yeah. Um. And for me, as a as a woman, when that happened, when he showed up and he did the work and he committed and he went and stood up for me and he stood up to the guy and and as Ben mentioned, there was some control pieces around that of where. This, this man was trying to control like think things um and oh man i suddenly felt safe i felt relaxed i felt oh my man has well i knew sorry okay knew my man had my back now like oh my god and and i saw he is willing to choose love over fear and he's willing to face his fears so when shit hits the fan i know that he is going to be there and even even if that stuff came up again, like something similar, I know that he's willing to go and do the work on it. And that made me feel safe. And my body started to open again and soften and the trust came back and just, oh, it was like relief. And the doubt went, yeah. And what I've seen in, is that there are um, women in similar positions to like this with nice guys who are in a dynamic where he's the people-pleasing nice guy and she's like a controlling caretaker and part of it is she's become that way because because he she feels like she has to do that because she doesn't feel safe yeah i really see there's these common dynamics um that what i call are in enrollment relationships and and they end up in an unhealthy polarity and so what i'll be doing is i'll do another episode on this and the next episode again is speaking to one of what i feel is the most potent medicines for the nice guy is the dark masculine and what we actually call the dark night and this embodiment um has been a big part of bear and i's journey in in because it was the work i was already doing with men before bear and i met and bear has so beautifully embodied this energy where he can really ask for what he wants own it claim it and step into his dominance and leadership on a whole new level and which has really polarized me into being able to really surrender and drop even deeper into my feminine and um, experience much more intimacy and juiciness as well in in our lives so um, we have another story to share about that of uh, something that happened when we were dating where Bear uh, realized he actually really struggled to ask for what he wanted. And it's so funny, I said to Bear, um, oh, I've said this a few times of, oh, babe, you have come so far, like, in being able to ask for what you want. Like, he's so freaking good at asking for what he wants and owning it. It is so fucking hot. And, um, yeah, it's, it's juicy. So we're going to journey with that on the next episode. <laughs> If you are feeling called to the deep intimate king, then we invite you to go to www.deepintimateking.com to learn about what we offer and how you can join us and become part of the dick movement. We are so excited to support you to break through your barriers to intimacy and become the solid leader and powerful lover that you were born to be. Make sure you follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your preferred podcast app. You can also follow us on Facebook under EJ Love and Bear Nutting, or Instagram under at Deep Intimate King. And if you really love this episode, then we encourage you to write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get your dick on.
called to the deep intimate king then we invite you to go to www.deepintimateking.com to learn about what we offer and how you can join us and become part of the dick movement we are so excited to support you to break through your barriers to intimacy and become the solid leader and powerful lover that you were born to be Make sure you follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your preferred podcast app. You can also follow us on Facebook under EJ Love and Bear Nutting, or Instagram under at Deep Intimate King. And if you really love this episode, then we encourage you to write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get your dick on. <laughs>